Good morning, everyone. You can do better. I'm a sanguine. I've learned this week, not that it wasn't a surprise, but uh, Pastor Neil has this little, uh, this little course you can do, and uh, Cara could answer basically every question that I answered for what I should be, and I didn't even try to answer hers. But uh, I'm a serious sanguine. Apparently, at uh, 20 out of the 40 when you fill in this course, if you're over 20 in yellow, uh, you're a serious sanguine. I'm an extra serious sanguine, uh, 26 out of 40 uh, for it. But apparently Sarah Redman, who's uh, speaking down at the women's conference this weekend down on the Gold Coast, Neil told me, <laughs> Neil said she's a 37 out of 40. Uh, so, man, I've got something to attain to. I just want to be like Sarah. And my wife, uh, she's, I don't even, even think she got one for sanguine. Uh, she's an introvert and uh, she's a thinker and I'm so glad I've got her. Otherwise, if I had two sanguines together, we'd make some serious fun, but some serious mistakes. But uh, I hope you've had a good week. Isn't it great the sun's out? Somebody was telling me, some friends down the Gold Coast, uh, they were saying, on average on the Gold Coast for the last four or five weeks, they've averaged just under an hour of sunlight per day without it being overcast and rainy. Now, I think we're probably close. The Gold Coast just, you know, that place gets a lot of rain, but uh, it's nice to see the sun out. That's why it was hard to start church on time today, because no one wanted to leave the sun. Uh, I, heard, I heard Dale go, G'day, refresh church, come on in. And I'm thinking, not one person came in. <laughs> there was like two of us in here. And I'm like, <laughs> we should just moved outside today, shouldn't we? But today... Uh, I want to actually continue. A couple of weeks ago, we, we spoke about having faith. Um, and we, we reflected on the whole story of being like a mustard seed. In our spiritual journey, God doesn't actually need you to start off and say, I need to have this much faith in my life for me to actually be a strong follower, walker with Jesus. All he asks us to start in that small little mustard seed. God can do incredible things. Remember we spoke about how incredible mountain in life's journey. And uh, I'm so glad that our foundation in our spiritual growth is not found in the person sitting next to you. It's not found in the preacher at the front. It's not found in the music that we sing. It's found in Jesus. And today I want to continue looking into this idea of spiritual growth and how we can perhaps be challenged today, and when I say we, I mean me as well, how we can be challenged to actually want to build some, some, some foundations that are found in Jesus, and our faith is found in Jesus, and we know that in our heads, but when it comes to the practicality of life, sometimes we can forget about it, because life gets in the road. Let's have prayer together, and then we'll open God's Word. Lord, I want to thank you uh, for being a wonderful God. I want to thank you uh, for the generosity of 120-odd people from our community who are about to go out on a storm coming in a month. I want to thank you for the generosity of the people sitting here. You know, last year, I remember Pastor Neil asking for a trailer, and, and we were sort of a little bit of Thomas in both of us, and bang, it was there. And, and Lord, we know that... Um, if we have that small amount of faith, we can move mountains for you. And I pray you be in our sermon today. Amen. 
I'd invite you to turn with me. I actually haven't even given the passages to the guys today, so you're going to need your phone or your Bible. We're going to begin today by actually looking at a foundational passage to do with spiritual growth, and it's found in John. And we're going to go to the Gospel of John, and we're going to look at chapter 5, verses 1 to 18. And it is, it's an analogy that Jesus uses. It's a teaching instrument about talking about something that people understood. And it's a vine and a branch. And it talks about Jesus actually puts himself in the first person in this passage. So when you read it, you can actually hear Jesus actually saying, hey, this is me. I am revealing who I am through something that you see every day, and that is a bush, a vine and a branch, a grapevine. John chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Now, my version could be different to yours, but this is the NIV. It says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. During the week, um, we've, we've got a lychee tree. Now, in 2002, before a lot of you were born, but in 2002, just down the road here is Boundary Road, and I looked at a property down Boundary Road to buy. It was, a, it was the first house I was ever going to buy, and there was, some, there was some acreages for sale, and, and they were blank. There was nothing on them. And, and it, if you drive down Boundary Road on the right right towards the end of Boundary Road. It's now fully developed. Uh, there's beautiful homes in there. And it was called Citrus Gardens at the time. That, that, that fell apart. I'm not sure what they call it now. But I looked at the second pro third property down the hill. And down that hill, it was full of mature lychee trees. And of, I would like a lychee... You know, these are mature ones. I, I wouldn't have even had to grow them, which is a good thing. Uh, but... You know, we we're about to have Jai and went, no, let's just get an existing house. Too much work I'm buying and building and all this sort of stuff. And I always thought to myself, one day I'm going to get a lychee tree. So last year I went to the nursery and Cara said, why would you go to the nursery? She's right. Because everything I put in the ground tends to die. Um, whether too much water, no fertiliser, not enough water, in the wrong place, using the wrong soil, uh, all of the above. Look, I try my best to look after my lychee tree, so I put him in. Because Kara said that I would kill it, I'm doing my best for this thing to live. Now, Christos gives us two pawpaw trees, and we put that in, and the thing is already producing fruit. Um, but they were his trees, not mine, and they're like crazy big. But the lychee tree about three weeks ago started to get, the leaves started to turn on themselves. Not all of them, but some of them. 
And Trevor Moore, who lives down the front from us, he's more of a green thumb, and he goes, mate, that's curly, curly leaf. Mate, you could call it whatever you like. I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, how do you do that? You know, I've seen old people get out there and they, like, clip them and do all these things. I just grabbed some secateurs and just went, chomp, 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 and pulled them all off. Um, and I'm fearful for the survival of my lychee tree because of the lack of love that I have for it. Um, but here it actually says that Jesus is indicating to us in our spiritual walk where the vine is. Because Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the vine. And then he goes on and he says, and my father is the gardener. Now, when we look at our spiritual lives, I want to tell you that our connection is to the vine and that the gardener is God the Father. And when things don't produce fruit, the gardener comes and cuts them off. When we have already produced fruit, the gardener comes along and he'll cut back some of the branches at the right time of the year so that the next season they will produce more fruit. Now, I've watched Trevor. We had a mandarin tree and, and it goes okay. But I've watched Trevor, who lives in the house down the front of us, and I watch him with the mandarin tree. And he seems to know what he's doing. He said, Sean, I need to cut it back. There's some spots that are dying and we need to remove them. I stand there and I watch him, and he removes them. And then he said, the ones in the middle are too hard for us to get the mandarins from because the tree's about 15 feet high. He said, we need to cut them out so that we can actually bring the tree down to, to a shape and a size where the fruit is not only growing, the fruit we can actually get. And I said, oh, okay. So he's cut the middle out of it. And this season, I mean, we've had so much rain, so water isn't the issue. But this season, there are mandarins all over this tree. And Kara just sort of prods me and goes, see what happens when a gardener looks after a tree. And I'm like, I know, I'm definitely not the gardener. But in this story, when we look at our own spiritual walks, our father is the gardener. Our father in heaven is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, friends, we're going to look in 1 Peter in a moment, and it'll actually talk about some of the aspects that we as human beings, as adults, struggle with. And he actually indicates in 1 Peter, it actually talks about some of the things, some of the areas in our life that are unpleasant that need to be cut off. And the, and the scripture here from John 5, Jesus is saying, and when those bits are cut off, they're not kept to remind people of the terrible sinners that they are. They're actually them. He gets rid of them because they are useless and they can't, they just get in the road. They need to be burnt. But the scripture tells me that if I remain in him, if I remain in him, the vine, Jesus, that I can do anything. The things that feel like they are limiting factors in my walk with God are not limiting factors when I am in the vine and when the gardener, God the Father, is looking after me. In verse 7, if you remain in me 
and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Friends, the big idea that I want to share with you today is that our spiritual growth is when we are connected to the vine. Our spiritual growth is when we are connected to Jesus. Our spiritual growth is when we are connected with Jesus and God the Father, the gardener, is caring for our needs. The scripture that I'd like us to look at now is found in 1 Peter. And it's just three verses. 1 Peter, chapter 2, and verses 1 to 3. 1 Peter, chapter 2, and verses 1 to 3. If you've got your phones, grab them, pull them out. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. So 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 1 to 3. Now, this is what Peter was being challenged with the people around him in his community. Because people from all ages and forever and ever have been trying to work out how to have a sustainable relationship with God. Remember we talked about the gardener needing to cut some things off? This is where we pick it up in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. So get rid of all evil behaviour. Be done with all and all unkind speech. Verse 2. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Friends, Peter is writing to Christians. Chapter 1 indicates that he wanted to share something specific to the core of a Christian community. He was yelling out to them and saying, you need to be born again. The thing that Jesus spoke about in John 3, where where Nicodemus comes and says, "Um, how can I? I've got all of this knowledge about God. I understand the whole Old Testament And when Nicodemus turns up, Jesus says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Not born into your mother's womb again, but you must be born spiritually again. Peter understood that. Because when we pick it up in this passage, he's doing the same thing. You must get connected to the nourishment that comes to a small child to be born again. You need to be Someone who has experienced the power of God's word. And then he issues that challenge to them. Therefore, because you have been born again, the aspects of your life that you need to have nothing to do with, that you need to get rid of, are things like deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. The first thing that Jesus actually taught Peter is that there are things we need to put aside. Now, friends, I want to tell you that the first aspect of spiritual growth is that there will be things in your life that you need to put aside. We all need to. There are things that are actually holding us back from having a relationship with God. It just is. I gave my heart to God when I was 18, but I've been part of a Christian faith community since birth. 
But it hasn't changed. The aspects that I've needed that have challenged me throughout my entire life are still there. There are things that one day I feel like I have the victory over and the next day I feel like I fall flat on my face with. So the first principle, the first component that we need to consider when we're talking about building our spiritual growth is there are some things we need to put aside. There will be. For you it may be A and B and for others it might be C, but there will be, there will be things that you know in your heart that God needs to come and do a job on, that the gardener needs to come along and cut off. You can't just keep it there 50-50. You can't just cut halfway through a branch that's withering. It either is going to infect the rest of the tree or it just needs to be cut off. Wickedness has to do with how people live. Wickedness has to do with the fact it actually draws us away from having a spiritual relationship with God. Today, when people talk about sin, we sort of think, what does that mean? It's not a word that's used in our society. You know, you don't hear people down the street yelling out, hey, buddy, stop sinning. You're doing 62 and a 60. People don't do that. It's not a word we use. It's a Christian terminology. But wicked is where on the branch things start to go dark and they start to blister and the leaves start to curl. There's an illness within that plant and without it being treated, it will eventually infect the rest of the tree. There are aspects that we, in our own lives, that we need to get rid of. You know, it's interesting in the scripture it talks about the things of our mouths, talks about deceit and coveting, talks about all of these things, and some of us can go, look, I don't have an issue with those things. Well, perhaps we do. It talks about hypocrisy. It talks about envy. It talks about slandering someone, which is gossiping, which is about putting someone down to make us feel better. They are all things that need to be cut from the tree for us to have a good relationship with God. When these things are cut from the tree, thank goodness God's the one that actually the Father comes along and will do that cutting for you. All you have to do is offer it to him. The next aspect in creating that spiritual, spiritual growth, after we've cut some of those things out of our life, is that we need to long for a relationship with God. This is where we lean in to God and we actually say, God, do your stuff. There is something powerful in your name. There is something powerful in your actions. There's something powerful in the word of God. This is something that can actually change my life. Gardner, cut that stuff out. Now, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. And like newborn babes, long for pure milk of the word. The word translated long before in this is the same word song as a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. It's the same context because in our spiritual walk, when we actually crave spiritual milk, when we actually crave for those things, we lean in to our God. As the deer is panting for the water, so my soul longs after you. 
We don't step back away from it. We actually lean into it because our relationship with God is important. It is for me. It's as important as the three meals or at least how many sausages we eat every Saturday morning here at church. It's leaning in because God wants you to lean into him. He actually is leaning into you. He is actually panting for you like the deer pants for water. He wants to be in a spiritual relationship with you. And when we talk about the growth in the relationship, it's the fact that our relationship with God is not stagnant. Our relationship with God is not, yes, it was fantastic at this point, but it feels like I'm a long way from him. God, God wants us to recognize if we're walking away from him. God actually wants to step in. He wants us to lean into each other. Just as you would lean into the people around you who are your best friends. We need to long for spiritual growth in our lives. Peter knew it. So when he reflected about a baby needing the milk, now I'm a product. <laughs> my mum my mum hates the fact, but in 1972, when I was born, about 14 million years ago, there was a trend, believe it or not. It was probably around the same time that cigarettes were actually healthy. Um, <laughs> but there was a trend that breast milk was actually unhealthy. And I said to mum, what was wrong with your breast milk? She's feels a bit gross now that I think about it. But uh, she said there was nothing wrong with it, but it, the trend was to give the best nourishment to a child, you bottle-fed children. And yet, there's nothing wrong with being bottle-fed. <laughs> I'm a product. Um, but the reality is, when God created, created the mum to have the ability to be able to feed. And most children from their mums receive all the nourishment they'll need. So when Jesus and Peter, who was inspired by Jesus in this passage, talked about our spiritual growth, he understood the fact that the mother's milk was something that was nourishing for the child. We need to make sure, as Christians, that we too are connecting to the best milk, the best nourishment that's actually going to make us healthy in our walk with God. God wants us to grow, to be healthy. God wants us to have energy so that we can follow our passions for him. God wants us to be able to go and work hard if we're working, whether at uni or at school or whether we've got jobs, so that we can be generous. I want to tell you, friends, um, last year when we did this Stormco thing, it was incredible to see uh, you know, one of our families go, and Pastor Neil was hoping we would all contribute to the trailer, um, you know, all give a few bucks to help out, and someone just in the congregation just goes, we'll pay for that. Praise God. You know, when we were talking about it this morning, I had one of our gentlemen here at church come up and say, you know, we were going to pay for that trailer, and then someone beat us. Um, and they've given a very generous generation um, in a very generous donation towards our church today to help with Stormco. So for those of you who are going, praise God. Uh, for all of us that are here and we work, if, if you can afford $5 or $10 or whatever you can afford, let's put it towards it. Because it makes an incredible difference in the lives of the community and our kids who go. Our young adults who will be going. That's why God wants us to give back. 
It allows us to have the energy to be able to actually care for the person. It allows six of crazy men in our church a week last Thursday to lift, to help one of our people here at school move house. Wow, what an incredible experience that was, eh, Jeff? <laughs> we, we, we never want to help anyone put a fridge back into that house ever again. That was the most incredible. But you know what? It's about generously giving. And God knew that in our spiritual growth, we need to have the energy to be generous. We need to have the energy to be able to care for others more than we just care for me all the time. He knows it. Because that's what makes us spiritually strong. I reflect on my grandparents, and today, we didn't, we didn't actually mention it, but Pastor Neil and Ethan and the Redmonds, they lost their grandma this week. Yesterday? Yesterday. She's 104. Uh, what an incredible life. And she had her ticker on right to the end. <laughs> Neil was telling me, you know, she, she knew what it was to live a full life. Um, she was, Neil was telling me that she was starting to slip away and she has a habit of coming back. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh man, old people can be funny. And uh, she, she woke up and she looked at Neil's dad, your granddad, and said, I thought I was dying, but I'm alive. Can you tell, can you tell your brother I'm alive? <laughs> what a beautiful thing to hear. You know, at 104, she was living her life to the full. And for the Redmonds and Ethan, pass on to your family, we mourn with you, mate. But we celebrate with you too. Because she understood what it was like to have a full life. It's a generous life. A life that is nourished in Jesus. There's things we need to cut out and there's things we need to lean into. Then God wants us to grow. Now, he doesn't want you to stay where you're at in your walk with God. He actually wants you to every day be in a relationship where you are learning, where you're actually understanding new insights, whether you're, whether you're actually saying, you know what, I've never actually given before like this, but the blessing of giving is incredible. I, I've never been on a service trip. But through the generosity of some people in this church, we could send some people on that service trip. Neil Sill said there's about 12 spots that could be filled. There's, there's spots. We as a community could help some of those kids go. We need to continue to learn. It's not a static thing. The thing of Christianity and God is like a relationship with your best friends. You might be best mates of them today, but I tell you what, you still learn heaps about them. Every day I look at my wifey and I say to her, I love you more today than I loved you yesterday. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a sanguine in me, I think. I get all ashy and gushy about it because I really appreciate who she is. I love who she is as a person. And you know what? That's exactly how God wants us to be in a relationship with him. The reason that we can learn to love more is because we're learning more about him. We're learning more and more about our God. You know, there are times in life, <laughs> in the learning, that we can make some mistakes. There's a story about an old lady 
<laughs> I read this and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. She was an old lady and she was driving her car and she had some of her old lady friends in the back. <laughs> and she was driving down the freeway and the police pulled her over for driving too slow. Now, my grandfather, that was the sort of dude he was, he'd drive around Kurumbunga like 20 kilometres an hour in the 60 zone. It was so embarrassing. As a teenager, I would actually slouch down in the back and cover my head because I didn't want any of my Kurumbunga friends to know that that was me in the car. And this old lady was like my grandfather and she's driving down the policeman, put on the sirens and pull her over and they said, excuse me, ma'am, is there any reason you're driving so slow? She said, officer, I'm doing the speed limit. It's like, no, you're not. It's like 80 miles an hour, and you're doing 20. And she said, oh, I thought all the 20s on the road was how fast you could go. It was actually the highway number, Highway 20. Uh, so she's doing 20. And then he walked away, <laughs> poor grandma, and he looked away in the back, and the ladies in the back, their fingers are all like, like this, and they're shaking. And he said, said to the ladies in the back, Ladies, why are you so frightened? <laughs> well, now we know, because down the road she was doing 101. <laughs> it was Highway 101. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what age we are, we're going to do some learning. <laughs> some serious learning. Pity help those poor old ducks in the back at 160 kilometres an hour. It's never too late to learn. Never too late to learn. And especially that's true in our relationship with Jesus. It's never too late to learn. Friends, our faith begins with a mustard seed. Our faith can move mountains. The relationship that God wants with each one of us is to grow. There will be aspects of our life, like in the vine and the branches, that need to be cut off. But friends, the good thing is, your mate sitting next to you doesn't need to be the one that cuts it off. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. God, the Father, the true gardener, will come along and help cut some of those spiritual bad habits out of your life. He will. We need to lean into him because our God is leaning into us. He wants a relationship with us. And to have a good relationship, you need to be attentive. You need to be focused on the person you're talking to. And the last thing is, in our spiritual we need to learn that our God is not finished with us yet and that there are aspects in our life that we still need to learn the lessons of life. Friends, the best part of our spiritual journey is that we are part of the vine of Jesus Christ. 